Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to anyone and everyone listening to a Yank and King Regals Court, the only podcast that follows everything having to do with the world of independent and major league uh, British wrestling. I am, as always, your host, Anthony. Little under the weather this week, but we're going to, you know, move on, move forward and all of that with my co-host, Tack. Tack, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'm having a, a nice, nice, easy week this week. I've only worked like 48 hours, so I feel like I've almost had a week off. It's been nice. <laughs> man, 48 hours for you, is, you might as well just had a three-day weekend all week. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, I'm... I'm I feel like I haven't done any work. <laughs> <laughs> is it normal just to kind of have a little bit of a, a downtime after New Year's and everyone kind yeah, of going the back? January lull, yeah. Yeah, everyone's going back to work. Everyone spent their money at Christmas, so they're all uh, everyone's a bit skint in January usually. Nice. Uh, when does the business usually pick back up? Uh, sort of you hit like... Um, hit valentine's and then things start like picking back up so sort of middle of february oh, okay and then so, ramp back up but yeah it just it depends on how how much people spend at christmas some years you, you get a kickback at the end of january it just picks back up and other times you can go like the whole of feb as well without much but yeah it's just expected this time of year that things slow down a bit oh well, i mean it, you know you got the ramp up in december and then obviously you got a lull and you know, sometimes you got you got to have that lull to be able to recharge. That's, that's and, why I always that's why I always go on holiday in January because that's the uh, the easiest time of year. Because that's when we know we're not going to be like hectic at work. Nice, nice. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. We've had Chapter eighty three, Remove Child Before Ironing from Progress to talk about. We got another uh, big week out of NXT UK to talk about, as well as some Twitter beef. Uh, that's getting real messy out on the interwebs. Uh, so we'll just jump right on in. We'll start actually with uh, WWE, WWE NXT UK. Uh, I was not able to see this show. Uh, this week's been real busy for me. So you're going to have to walk me through. Uh, so I got the card up right here. Blah, 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 blah. Pete Dunn, I guess he opened the show cutting a promo about TakeOver, retaining the UK Championship. Gallus, is it Gallus or Gaius? Gallus, I think. Gallus, all right. So, so. I think it's like a, a spin on like you know the goal thing, like. Um, oh, okay, right, right, right. Like the, the it was the the I think it's something to do with the the how the Scottish became the Scottish, isn't it? Like the whole whatever the goal and all that stuff. I don't really know, but I think it's something to do with that. Okay. I should know that. I should not be from here, but I don't know. Well, you're, you're not <laughs> Scottish. You're British, so. Yeah. You sub- <laughs> your history, so, like. Subjugates there, so that, that's all that matters there. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Gallus comes out, uh, Walter comes out, and Dunn and Walter take out Gallus, and then they have another stare down. So, what'd you read into this? Uh, well, I mean, I think I, I liked the way they did it because it, it feels like um, Joe Coffey's trying to, it's almost like he's trying to be a gatekeeper. And like saying, like, if anyone wants a shot at Pete, they've got to get through me first. Um, and uh, Walter's just kind of making the point that he's more than happy to step, th- like, to walk through him, basically. Um, it was a, a, a good way to, I mean, what we were saying last week about we were hoping things would loosen up a little bit. Um, 
it, it was all feeling a bit too WWE, right. a bit too almost too uh, too scripted. Um, this didn't feel like that. This felt like a lot looser and a lot more uh, that they were just kind of told out there, told to go out and get the point across, and they did it really well. Um, I love that Walter hasn't said a word yet. Like all, literally, all he did was came out. Um, they tried to jump Dunn and Walter, and he Walter just Walter and Dunn just cleaned house, and then all Walter did was look at Pete, look at the title, and walk off. I like that they're doing kind of the strong, silent type with him. That is, yeah. That I mean, that's kind of playing into his, really playing into his uh his strengths though like i don't yeah think, I, can't, I can't i don't think he's I really ever cut I've, a promo in in progress or anywhere yeah i can't think that i've ever really heard him say more than lock and line or two <laughs> if right. that, now that i think about it he does all he, he's the classic does all he's talking with his fists kind of guy well with the the palm of his hand more than anything um but yeah he's uh yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the way that they're, they're making him look like a monster before he's even really lifted a finger, which I think is really cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting to see what style they they let him wrestle. If they're going to let him wrestle Walter style or maybe like, you know, what we kind of talked about before where it's this mixture of the WWE style. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if they just let him do his chops. Yeah, I've, I think they'll... I hope they don't, but I think they will water him down a bit. I think, um, especially with... I mean, chopping somebody until their chest literally looks like minced beef, I don't think is going to really fit in with the WWE style. Yeah. Um, I think I think the... I mean, I've seen that. I mean, there was, I'm trying to think of who it was. I remember a Daniel Bryan match where his chest was absolutely leathered. I can't remember who it was he was wrestling. So I have seen it happen there, but not to the level that, that Walter will do to people. So, yeah, I think they'll, uh, they'll certainly water that down a little bit, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go back and uh, look at his matches against uh, Mark Davis from Aussie Open and uh, PCO from, what was that, Spring Break, right, where they had that match? Yes, and yeah. just the brutality of you know the aftermath, uh, where it looked like they legitimately got into like car accidents. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was real tough. So uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I know him and Dunn can have a great match. I think I don't know if they've. I'm sure they've had matches before, but nothing I've seen. Yeah, they've wrestled in Fight Club Pro. Okay. I don't think they've ever touched in Progress or anywhere else that I can think of, but they've definitely wrestled in Fight, in, uh, Fight Club. I don't know if they've touched in ICW or anywhere like that. Um, not that I know of, but, I mean, there's so many shows they, they've got with. Right. And it's got to have happened somewhere, I assume, somewhere else. Well, and they've... they've... No, British Strong Style did face Ring Comp. Yeah, three on three. So they've you know they've wrestled there, but as far as singles goes, outside of Fight Club Pro, I don't really. So you know it's a little bit of a fresh matchup, you know, which is nice. 
yeah, I did notice on this, especially when this uh, when the uh, this promo section was going on, that all of a sudden that McGuinness is talking a lot about British Strong Style as well. So I don't know if they're they're sort of trying to get the the whole British Strong Style thing into people's heads before they really do something with those three lot like, as a three. Yeah. But there was a, a lot more talk of rather than just a passive mention, like a lot more talk of or well, how do Tyler and Trent feel about this and. You know, it's uh, yeah. It's, it's again, it's interesting going forward. I'd love to see them do something using the three of them together because I love I love that trio, British strong style. Yeah, yeah. It'll be. So, yeah, it'll be it's been interesting that they've kind of kept them not apart, apart, but not exactly like together. So yeah, they haven't be, overtly called them a team at any point. Yeah, so it's like this loose affiliation rather than like an actual like stable or faction or whatever yeah so uh looking at the rest of the card nina samuels defeated lana austin by pinfall nina samuels kind of continues uh being probably the most uh improved wrestler like at least women's wrestler in the uk uh yeah in the last year how was this and, and we'll talk more when we get over to chapter 83 but how was this show or how was this showing by yeah yeah it was good nice quick match um Nothing spectacular, but I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both of the girls in that match, both of the women in that match. So, yeah, it was just pretty standard stuff. Um, I, I don't know if they use it Lana Austin long term or if it was just uh, a one shot for her, but I, I'd like to see her pop up more on, uh, on NXT UK definitely because she is a, a super talented, uh, super talented wrestler. And where does Lana? And, uh, she, where does she usually show up at? Um, she's out of Manchester. She doesn't really show up so much on the, um, any of the bigger, um, any of like the bigger promotions. Um, she's worked for Eve. Um, she's had, I think she had one, she had one match at progress. Oh yeah. Uh, with one uh, of their Manchester shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think she has worked a little bit for, uh, Fight Club Pro and ICW. I think she is probably where she's mu- Worked most, but I see her a lot more on a lot of the smaller, uh, a lot of the smaller shows. Okay, like she works a lot for Kamikaze Pro. Um, I know she works a bit for, uh, I think Riptide and a few of the others like that. Um, but she's like a mainstay of the British scene. But she's always been. You see her a lot more on the sort of small to medium shows. Right. So I hope this is her taking a step up because she she is really good and she deserves uh, deserves to get noticed. I think. I've I've liked uh, from what I've seen so far of her. I liked her a lot. I think she has some pretty good stuff. She has a good character and everything, and uh, you know, she's pretty memorable. So I think it'd be really good to kind of see her get a little more a little more attention. Yeah. Uh. Next one, we had a little tag team action. Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. They defeated Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone by pinfall. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, I wasn't really paying attention when that was on, but it was a bit of a... Uh, it was easily forgotten, let's put it that way. It wasn't particularly... Uh, yeah, looking at know. looking at everyone in it, it's just kind of like, all right, all right. It's, just, yeah. it's there. It was a really quick match as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, I was sort of, I wasn't really paying attention to it, and then I kind of looked up, and it was one of them where you go, "Oh, oh shit, it's finished!" <laughs> <laughs> like probably, it was probably only about five, six minutes. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, they really didn't go along at all, and it wasn't anything particularly exciting. Right. Eddie Dennis, he starts, he's, he gets back on in his winning ways, defeating Jamie Ahmed. Yeah, it's, uh, they've kind of gone back to the um, uh, Eddie Dennis squashing everyone again. I think they're trying to get him that, that heel heat back. Um, he just he crushed Ahmed, basically. Uh, I think Ahmed might have got maybe like one piece of offense in. And other than that, it was just Eddie Dennis throwing him around and into parts of the ring, basically. Um, it was pretty, it was quite well done though because it they sh- it was almost like they kept mentioning his frustration and like Eddie was frustrated and get and like taking his stress out on uh, on Ahmed basically. Oh, that's a all right. That's a decent way to kind of talk about it. It just seemed a little weird that like you have him lose and then you try to like put him back into squash matches, but at least with the frustration yeah. angle, you can kind of like explain. Explain your way around that a little bit. Yeah, they were saying that he was basically that he was pissed off that he's got to go back to working his way through, basically working his way through jobbers again. Oh, okay. Oh, that's like almost like because he didn't beat Mastiff, they put him back to the bottom of the ladder. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally we had Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks that ended in a double countout. So uh, yes. they scratched this. Or they kind of set aside this uh, this rivalry so Jordan Devlin can get uh, Ben Balor, and then they looks like they're heating that back up. Yeah, big time. It's what, this is one of my one of my favorite matches since NXT UK, like the the weekly show started. It was, I mean, absolute. They really like really kicked lumps out of each other. Um, it was the closest that I've seen Devlin to, to the, the Devlin that we see in uh, progress and elsewhere like that, that shoot really strong, hard hitting shoot style that he does. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, they, they really, I mean, I mean I, you, you've got to go watch it. They absolutely beat lumps out of each other all around the arena. Like it, they, um, a few of like, the memorable spots, um, Devlin hit that, the crazy standing moonsault that he always hits. Uh, but he almost like nosedived into Travis with it. Oh, um, so it, it was really good. Uh, there was some really good stuff like around the outside of the ring, and uh, they they basically it wasn't one of those things where like they both went for a table and couldn't get up or something. They just beat each other so badly that they just couldn't drag their way back into the ring. Basically, yeah. Um, like they were still they were just they weren't interested in winning the match. They were just interested in fucking each other up. So they, they didn't miss the count because they were both flat out. They missed the count because they were just busy leathering each other, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it'd be uh, it's definitely nice to see like them not like where it's like they hate each other so much they don't care about winning the match. It just turns into this whole thing. Yeah. So that's that's a nice little rub on, or nice little change of you know in the narrative. That was a, a cool way to do like the and it, I, I usually don't like a non-finish, but it it's going to give that story so much momentum, and it means it's going to keep those two together for a while, which I'm really happy to see. I think those two can tell a really good story, and I think that's kind of cool that they're setting this up to be like their like second tier feud behind yeah. what they're obviously setting up up, which is Dunn and Walter. Yeah, I think. 
this is kind of going to be your um, almost like your, your secondary title feud, but without a title. Right. So like when you've when you've got sort of battle going over the IC belt at the same time as the, uh, it's almost a match that it's almost a feud that I'm more interested in than than Walter and Dunn. Um, just because it's two of my two guys that I'm always excited to see on any card. Yeah. Um, and it's two guys that I really haven't seen work each other that much, even though they're always on and around the same sort of cards and stuff. I've not seen them wrestle each other that often, so it's pretty cool to see uh, to see that finally happen. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a lot of Devlin versus Banks, but it seems like that's something that like their styles should mesh pretty well. Yeah, they do very well. That lot that you could see all through the match that they 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 could easily work if they were given the time and the space to do it. They could put on an absolute stunner of a match because they do. You can tell they work really well together. You can tell their training partners that they train together a lot because there's so much of their work that fits together so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Uh, sounds like a great, great show, and you know, kind of starting to heap things back up after the NXT takeover. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing uh, what storylines kind of take place and where they go. And again, NXT UK, there's still, you know, I, I kind of re-listened to our show last week just to, you know, kind of make sure when I was, you know, editing and everything like that. It's just, you know, same things, but I think, you know, like a couple are concerns of like, you know, where do they go? How are they going to get these storylines going? But I think they're, I think they're going in the right way. Yeah, that that match in particular felt um, it definitely felt a lot more like there, there wasn't so many restrictions put on it. They were kind of sent out there to, and I don't know if that's because they did a lot of stuff outside the ring, but it didn't it didn't feel as as um, almost like it didn't feel as handicapped. Like they it felt like more like an indie show match where they were just kind of told, right, you've got this time to fill, go out and fill it. Right, like it. it, it it did feel it felt more organic basically definitely definitely didn't feel as restricted so i hope that that continues as they go forward right so uh yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing how this goes so anyway before we get into chapter 83 uh there's a bit of a kerfuffle uh yesterday on on twitter and unfortunately that's everyone's favorite uh Young aerial assassin Will, William Osprey, also known as Batchweet Bill. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes as you know, as somebody that went to school for public relations, you know, we're taught kind of how dangerous social media can be if you're not trained in it. And young William, man, he he likes to toe that line. Yeah, I, I, I. I mean, I, I try not to, I do follow, like, I am on Twitter, obviously, and I do follow a lot of wrestlers and stuff, but these sort of things always seem to pass me by until someone like yourself or someone else says, oh, did you see what happened with so-and-so? Like, I, so, yeah, I, I don't really know what's happened, but I, all I can gather is that he's been more than a bit of a dick, um, and a lot of people aren't happy with him, but I don't really know what's gone on. So, so the breakdown is this, and, and I can see where he thinks he's doing something good, but uh, again, he's young, he's 24, 
uh, you know, something like that. He's in his early to mid twenties, so obviously tact isn't something that's really there for him. Uh, yeah, but it definitely is like one of those things where it's like. So uh, first off, so uh, Will Osprey yesterday he sent out a tweet saying, I sent two messages out to two girls going out to wrestle in Japan. I told them that Japan isn't a vacation. This is work that I don't think they are ready for it. Happily say that Bobby Tyler Tyler has stepped up her game and getting better each match. Keep up the good work. So Bobby Tyler is in uh, stardom on a tour. Uh, She's fairly young and new to the scene. And immediately everyone jumped on saying... I hate to be the other girl, or I hate to be the other, who's the other woman, you know, because this could have easily been, hey, I, you know, Bobby Tyler was going out to Japan, I didn't think she was ready, but she proved me wrong, and I think that's, that could have been a good way to kind of keep it that way, but saying that I sent two messages to two girls, and then only singling out one, yeah, a little rough, so, yeah, a little later, uh, Sadie Gibbs, who is uh, another young wrestler who is also, I think she's tag teaming with Bobby Tyler on said stardom tour. Uh, that, and Sadie Gibbs has kind of been, that she's hit my radar pretty hard last couple weeks. I think she's really good. She does a lot of work in uh, Battle Pro Wrestling, and uh, I know she's been jumping up on uh, Pro Wrestling Eve. And she's actually super athletic. She's throwing out like Sasuke specials and corkscrewing Sasuke specials. So she's she's very talented. Yeah. Uh, so she responds. She quote tweeted uh, Will Ospreay's original message. And she said, And my intentions was never to impress nor prove to someone who really has no involvement in my life or my choices. And right now, with the loss of someone extremely close to me and my family, I'd love to say this tweet has hurt me. So then she has come out and said that basically she's the second woman. Uh, Yeah. And it just kind of goes on. And then her and Will Ospreay kind of get into uh, a lot, a, a bit of a back and forth in the, in the, and the replies, and it gets fairly messy from there. Where it's definitely like this should probably be something that's taken it into the DMs, but yes, yeah. it just it he. I mean, it's it's not the first time he's done it. It's not even like the second or third or fourth time he's done it. Said something that's didn't need to be said and has pissed people off. He just need, he needs somebody who's there to just put the hand on his shoulder and say like, "Will." Put the phone down. Just tweet a picture of like your new pug, or you know your cool boots, or just don't have an opinion, right? Or like, or not don't have, but don't you know like some stuff just don't need to be said. Like you said, just keep it in your DMs, and like you you don't have to things like that. That's the exact kind of thing that you, you, if you had a PR person, I'd say you just don't need to say it. Yeah. This one could probably just put this in the draft, put this in draft, wait, sit on it for about an hour or two, come back to it. And you'll probably realize you shouldn't tweet this out. I'll do that all the time on Facebook, you know, I'll write somewhere. I think that's funny, but I'll leave it for an hour and I'll come back to it and be like, nah, that's not funny. (laughs) 
you know, to, in a year's time when that comes up on your on your yearly memories, you'll be like, oh, I was a right dickhead a year ago. So I just don't like, mostly just don't put anything on Facebook at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. But he, think... needs to, he needs to learn from that. That's what he needs to do. Yeah, uh, but there are some good things that actually came out of, out of this. Actually, on uh, her tweet, the uh, Matt Jackson actually Matt Jackson actually replied, saying that yeah. uh, him that and he used the word we we think you're awesome. So that's yeah. I'm assuming that can pretty much include every, the top echelon of uh, AEW. Uh, yeah. she looks like uh, a company in Italy, IWA Italy reached out to her to book her. Uh, so that's where the white white wolves come from. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, so uh, so definitely, like, it's not... I think a lot of people are kind of seeing a lot, and she's getting a lot of love from uh, Total Divas episode, res- TDE Wrestling, the total, at Total Divas Eps, actually have been gifting a lot of her stuff in stardom. So she's yeah. doing, doing a lot and making an impression. I think this uh, tour of Japan is actually really raising helping raise her stock and i think she's only been wrestling for like a year or two yeah i've, I've not seen seen anything <laughs> of her in particular but I, I it's a name that i've noticed coming up a lot relatively recently last couple of months so again i assume it's she's doing something right she is getting noticed so whatever she's doing she's doing it right and if if you're gonna learn and hone your craft anywhere i, I would have thought japan was like the place to do it and especially for a women's if, wrestling. If, if not, yeah, especially, yeah, like there, there isn't anywhere in the world that does women's wrestling better than Japan. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just baffling to me that he wouldn't just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, just, uh, I mean, if you want, I'll be his PR guy. Right, yeah, I'll do it's it not. For, like, free, pretty much. Just like, maybe make me a brew or something, but. I'd help him out, like. <laughs> text text me the tweet. I'll I'll approve it or not. If I don't approve it, delete it. If I do, then you can tweet it. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. So that's, it. that's all he needs. He just needs somebody to. He needs somebody between his brain and his fingers. Oh, you yeah. To to yeah to, to like a yeah like a little checkpoint. And you would think that's that exactly right. you, you would think that maybe like B would be able to kind of put a handle on and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe not right now. Maybe this isn't the best yeah. idea, but <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, speaking of Young William, and <clears throat> he was the headliner of Chapter Eighty Three, Remove Child Before Ironing. So this is the last chapter show for about a month. I think the next one is Eighty Four, which if and that's going to be happening in the last week of February. So if we look at Kind of the history yeah. that we, I think we can start circling that that might be the Thunder Bastard match. Um, no, I don't think so. That that'll be the one after the next one is Birmingham, I think, because I'm going to the next one. I think '84, yeah, uh, end of February. So it'll be the one after that. So it'll be no, I like should be a week or two after that, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, I don't mind if the Thunder Bastard's going to be in Birmingham this year, but I don't think it would be. No, so they have a show on the twenty fourth. Uh, at the ballroom, and then ninth, yes. and, and then the ninth and the tenth is uh, br- the burn Ma- Burnmouth Birmingham uh, tour. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you might be right. That's right. Yeah, there is one more ballroom before that. 
Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking because I know that was the Thunder Bastard last year. Yes, was the Fe- the uh, last week of February show. That's right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's fine there actually. So so that could be a uh, you know something to watch for, and we'll we'll kind of keep an eye out for that. And uh, Thunder Bastard is always one of my favorite uh, matches of the year when it comes to progress. Yeah. So. But this show is actually really good. I actually got to watch it yesterday. Have you seen the show yet? Yeah, I, I kind of I crammed it basically because I had about an hour and forty minutes to watch a three hour three hour show. So <laughs> I kind of like you know like you when you have lost sort of d- double time for your matches and just watch the beginning and end of everything. Yeah, what I did. So I, I've watched all of the, all of the main, um, and I watched all of uh, Dragon of Thatcher as well, and then the rest I kind of jam like crammed it basically as i went yeah so uh i thought it was a good card um and yeah it definitely hurts when you only have an hour 40 and jim smallman decides to do 30 minutes up top with another 20 at the top of the second half of the show (laughs) yeah i didn't see any of that i did i did think when i was skipping past the first first one that i was like what's going on for a bit (laughs) took me a while to get past it but it always I was thinking about when I was watching it yesterday, I was thinking about like what it's got to be like to do when you're the like the opening match and you're just sitting there like trying to like get hyped up and or trying to like stay loose and you don't know when Jim's going to start the show. And he's just, yeah, I assume because he's a very seasoned stand up, I assume that he knows he, he can go out there with a pretty, pretty spot on ballpark of how much time he's going to fill. True. Like, he doesn't just go out and say, oh, I'm only going to do five minutes today, lads. And they all, when, as he goes through the curtain, go, bollocks, he's going to do half hour. Like, I think he, I think he, he have a fair, he, he's a, a long time professional stand up comedian. So I think he's got a fair idea of filling his time and uh, keeping it, keeping it tight. Fair enough. Because he doesn't, because he doesn't do stand up anymore. So he, he's got to get it out somewhere, isn't he? That is true. You know, like, he's got to scratch that itch one way or another. That is true, and I, I, he he definitely definitely does it uh, during his ring announcing, which I enjoy actually. I think most of his stuff is actually yeah. pretty funny. So, uh, and it also helps to the atmosphere of progress and everything. Yeah. So the first match was Ilya Dragunov and Timothy Thatcher, which is a hell of a way to start the match or start the card. And this was everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, I really liked it. Um... The, the the finish caught me a bit off guard, but as a as a match itself, yeah, it was, yeah, it. Well, we were saying last week about how intense the two of them are. It um yeah, it certainly had an impact for me. I'd I'd like to see them go at it again um, with a bit more time, but other than that, it, it was a great way. Of, I mean, that everybody in that crowd was on the edge of their seat for that whole match. I thought it seemed like uh, it really had everyone gripped. Yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Like you said, the ending did kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, but I think that's also kind of the beauty of Torpedo Moscow, is it is a finisher that can kind of hit out of nowhere. Uh, I, overall, I thought this was a really good match. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Thatcher is still one of my one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, he's does great stuff. And I thought a lot of his exchanges with Dragunov was really, really good. Uh, little bump Thatcher didn't get the win, especially with, you know, the future of Walter being up in the air. Uh, I'll, you know, kind of hoping that 
you know, he might start getting a, a singles run and a little more n- notoriety, uh, having to step out of Walter's shadow. But uh, I thought Dragunov getting the win was still good. Um, you can still do a lot with him. Yeah, I think I've, I've got a feeling that Dragunov's going to have a really big year with progress. I think if because they there's still no confirmation if he's actually signed for WWE yet, is there? From what I can gather, I don't think so. I think, I think it's all it's, rum, rumors and innuendos. Yeah, I think it's it's like near as damn it that he is, but I don't think it's quite been like fully confirmed. Um, but I but that doesn't affect progress anyway. Like he can still work there. So or if if his contract's the same as everyone else's, but I think he's gonna. I think by the end of the year, and I think I did say it before, but I think he's going to hold the progress title sometime I, this year. That he's going to have that belt on his shoulder. I think so. I think that's a good, uh, I think that could be a, a good prediction. He might. And if that's the case, he's got to keep winning. Yeah. Oh yeah. To be a credible champion. So I think it'll be interesting to see that he might be one of the favorites going into super strong style. And that might be kind of where they set everything up. Uh, yeah. No, but <coughs> Sorry, but... No, you're fine. <coughs> My whiskey went down the wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, it happens. It happens. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, it's, oh, it's just Monkey Shoulder, which is like uh, Battle 23 Monkey Shoulder. That's my favorite sort of day-to-day whiskey. Oh, nice. I've got, so I've got some... I'm trying to get through, finish the bottle so that I've got an excuse to start. I've got a, a bottle of... Um, uh, double oak matured um i think it's dunfermlin it's like an irish whiskey that i'm really excited to get into but i want to finish this bottle first oh nice <laughs> which is why i was guzzling it and it's just nearly choked me <laughs> <laughs> hey i i can't get mad at that sometimes you gotta put the your you know your whiskey before your health and to get through that so you can crack open a good another one so <laughs> So Nina Samuels and Laura DiMatteo, they had their second match. Actually, Ginny was out with Laura DiMatteo, and that actually surprised me because I thought Ginny was going to kind of kind of float off into the ether of NXT UK. But uh, I think they might be, it looks like they're setting up Nina Samuels to kind of be the one that fully takes down like Ginny Couture and the House of Couture and everything. Uh, yeah. But I thought this was a really good match. And again, Nina Samuels continues to to impress and continue to, to improve every time she's out. Yeah, this was a really good showing for uh, for Nina, I thought. Um, it made her look really, really strong. And I like that she's she's really fired up, like cranked her aggression up. Yeah. I think it was, it was a, one of the things she was missing was just... Um, like a year or so ago was that she just didn't have that that extra aggression that extra edge to it and she seems to have added that right and there was she... points in the match where she really got fired up and it, it added so much to uh, her believability as a, a real threat to uh, to the whole uh, couture empire and it definitely like that added urgency I think added a lot to the match in the last few matches that she's had and she's been really impressive. And that that was something I thought was lacking, you know, especially when the House of the Couture was really popping off. I thought she was kind of the weakest one in there. Uh, yes. You know, because, like, Shikara has a lot of attitude and uh, Charlie Morgan. 
uh, is a great wrestler, and I thought Nina Samuels was kind of the one that, because she kind of looks like a Divas era, you know, WWE Eva, Diva, like, yes. I think sometimes that can, you know, sometimes you look at her and you're like, all right, well, that's a weaker one. She's only there for the looks or da 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 da. But she has really put it together in that final stretch where she muscles Laura DiMatteo up into uh, her uh, Oshikiroshi was really, really impressive. Is that what that's called? Oshi Oshi Kuroshi. That's, that's what, what that's what? that's the Japanese name for it because that's what um uh what's his name samurai guy from New Japan. Why am I blanking on his name <laughs> right now? There's at least ten people yelling at me. <laughs> um, God dog, he tag teamed with uh he's uh, he's like oh Hiroki Goto. There we go. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was one, that was one of his signature moves, and then uh, uh, Ty Dillinger took it as as his finisher for a minute. Yeah. And since Ty Dillinger, always just always just known it as a, a just a, a fireman's fireman's carry to a, a knee. Really, I've yeah. never really known it. I don't know. So. Yeah, so it's a fireman's carry into uh, like a neck breaker onto the knee, and yeah, so she calls it something else, but. Uh, it's uh, Oshigoroshi from like Japan. Um, yeah, but I thought I thought that was really good. Lord Mateo again is a really solid wrestler. You know, she's super solid, and you know, I think it's a matter of time before she starts getting a good run in anything. Hopefully, <laughs> I you know it's one of those things where I, you know. Back when she was Elizabeth, I thought she was really good. And I just keep waiting for her to kind of take the next step, take the next step. And it just hasn't quite happened yet. Uh, so hopefully yes. 2019 will be it. Uh, and right now we're seeing Nina Samuels really step up. So, you know. Yeah, I'm starting to think um, with with Laura DeMatteo that because not, not everyone can be like like sort of incredible top level best in the world and I think some people have just got to fill that that sort of just fine area and I think she that might be her sort of peak as much as I hate to say it because I do like her but she just where everyone else seems to be growing and and improving and moving up and becoming better she seems to have kind of leveled off yeah um and I hope I'm wrong with that but I don't know, we'll find out in the coming months. But yeah, she just, where everyone else is, is taking the next step, she seems to not have um, for me. But yeah, we'll, we'll see going forward what she does next. I could kind of see where that and kind of see where you're getting with that. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, and I do think that Laura, I think is still struggling to find a, real character and real definable character because yeah. I'm not quite sure if she's like trying to be a shooter and I'm not quite sure what else she's trying to be but you know like it and know, that like, is a big part of it as well especially for it like fine like if you look at so many of the people who've really really grown over the last couple of years it's always they find their character and that's when they really take off yeah um 
so yeah that's yeah i think you're right there that's certainly she needs to nail down exactly what she is and what role she's trying to fill yeah and i think once she does that i think she can really take off uh it's just a matter of her doing that you know maybe finding exactly what what path she needs to start walking down type situation but uh, I thought it was really good. Jenny was there doing Jenny things. Uh, would have liked to see her get a little more involved, but uh, yeah. Do you think she might? Be, I don't know if she might be like injured and they're just sort of keeping it low key or what? Because yeah, it, it, she didn't seem to really get involved or anything, right? Or not as much as I would expect her to, at least. Yeah, I thought. So I don't I, think maybe she's low key injured or something. I don't maybe, really know. and maybe that's why they took the title off of her. I don't know. It, yeah, it is. Which would be a bummer because she just got back off the injured list not too long ago. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe. That could be it. Because, uh, cause, yeah, she didn't really do much as far as being ringside. Yeah. Which you would think, especially with the history between her and Nina Samuels, that that would have been a Yeah, the way more. that story's been going, she should have been, like, properly involved, really. Yeah. But I, I don't know, you know. So maybe that's something we gotta, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on, uh, moving forward, just to kind of see what, if you know, maybe she gets a little more involved. Maybe she gets back to being a little more physical. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so the third match. Speaking of people that have uh, found kind of that extra gear in their characters is do not resuscitate versus Eddie Dennis and Mark Haskins. Uh, do not resuscitate. This is, so they had two tag teams, uh, tag team matches, uh, in the chapter. The first one, Spike Trevay and, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Urgent Prince. Drew Parker. Drew Parker. Thank you. Uh, they took on Eddie Dennis and Mark Haskins. This has been an ongoing thing with uh, them uh, really, like, harassing Eddie Dennis and Mark Haskins. And this was actually a really fun match. Yeah. And it didn't take a lot to turn Eddie Dennis back babyface, did it? Nope. <laughs> 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 but as he came out, I was like, wow, he's, he's just completely flipped it. And I think they said so, it on commentary, too, where it's like, he hasn't changed anything. It's just the person he's facing. The pe- or the you know the it's, people in the in the context in which he's. Wrestling. It's the classic anti-hero like Stone Cold Babyface. Yeah. Where he just keeps doing what he wants, but now everyone agrees with him. He, he's doing the same thing, but he's just on the right. Somehow, the, it's it's basically the opponent that switched sides, and he just keeps doing what he's doing. But now, because the opponents deserve it, he becomes a babyface. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but it, it's perfect booking because he. He he plays that role so well that to try and change him back to the old smiley Eddie Dennis wasn't really going to work because he, he was so good as a heel. So why not just keep him heel and have everyone else make him the baby face? It makes sense, really. Yeah. It's actually really clever booking, I think. No, I thought it was, re- I thought it was really good booking. Uh, Haskins uh, is really great in this. He, he did a lot. I thought it was a fun match. They started off. Uh, kind of on the outside of the ring. Eddie Dennis had that huge seven bridges like crucifix bomb on the outside where he just threw Drew Parker into yeah, the chairs. That was 
he must have threw him like 15 feet. That was, it was ridiculous. Nuts. <laughs> he, he, he landed what? On like the fourth row of chair? Something like that. It was insane. Absolutely insane. To, uh, to open the match pretty much as well. <laughs> the first five minutes of the match was not even a part of the match until they got into the ring. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, Paz got proper kicked by Haskins on a penalty kick on the outside. And I thought that was one of the best ref bumps in a while. Yeah, he, he really drilled. Took, yeah. <laughs> maybe, I don't know if Haskins maybe thought it was just better to, to make sure he played along and actually just kicked him in the face, maybe. I don't know. But he really levered him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. That was, that was crucial. And I also like the way uh, commentary kind of uh, covered for Joel Allen, where they were saying, like, well, it's only Paz right now because Joel Allen's taking care of personal stuff in the back. And it was like, all right, that makes sense for why, like, another, you know, he didn't come out to, like, restore order. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, that's all, that's all I need. A little bit of logic can go a long way. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, it was basically... Um, Eddie Dennis got waterboarded by Spike Travail at one point, right? Yeah, so they... That was basically what that... I don't really know what waterboarding is, but that I assume that's what that is. Uh, yeah, so like, waterboarding, if you've never seen Zero Dark Thirty, uh, <laughs> it's basically a, a, a psychologically torture... a psychological torture scenario where you... Uh, like wrap someone's like face up in a towel or like some kind of fabric and then like pour water or liquid on it and it simulates drowning. And oh. that actually got a huge pop from the crowd. I wasn't expecting them to like freak out the way they did, but when they were wrapping the shirt up and kind of brought the champagne over, I was like, oh, all right, this is like the crowd's really reacting to this. Yeah, it's just, it's, no, it just it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it just a really nasty, shitty thing to do. Especially with champagne, that's got to sting. It, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, champagne's horrible to get in your eyes. Oh yeah. It's like the worst thing. So uh, yeah, that was a really uh, interesting kind of thing. And Drew Parker, and I really like the teaming of Drew Parker and Spike Trevay. I think they're yeah, they rock a couple of naughty boys. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, they really work well together. I, so, I like the way that they've that they they seem to have split um, DNR like both the two where they were split into two tags. They both work really well as tag teams, and it makes sense, you know. Yeah, and it makes sense that Spike Trevay and Drew Parker would kind of be one team, and you know the team formerly known as Sweet Jesus would be the other. Uh, and yeah, we'll get it's to, a really good split. Yeah, I, but and it's still also like the entire group still makes a lot of sense, and it's not like you know the group that Mark Haskins in in Ring of Honor, where it's just like this. I'm not quite sure this exactly makes sense. This just seems like you threw everyone together and hope for the best. But with do not yeah that that really uh, that's the first thing I said when I saw that was. Well, that's, that's that's a bit random. But <laughs> <laughs> like it's like they literally put the names of like all the ROH wrestlers who were in a stable into a, a random like number picker, and just 
it just picked out the, the like a totally random list of names that I can't see any way that they fit together. Yeah, but at least with Do Not Resuscitate, you're like, all right, all of this kind of makes sense. They're young upcomers. It's whatever. a common cause. Right. There's a common cause there, which there really isn't in that. I don't even know what that group's called in there. Has it even got a name, that group? Uh, they do. I forget, though. And it's just a random grouping, and you're just like, okay, whatever. Uh, so Do Not Resuscitate, they picked up the win, pinning Eddie Dennis after hitting him uh, with the barbed wire bat. Uh, Vicky Haskins about a wire bat, which continues to be like a main storyline point. Uh, yeah, dirty wins. I, I, I like them having dirty wins, especially that that side of the tag, right? That side of the uh, like that tag team out of the two. That's the one that they need to be picking up really dirty wins. I think to to really drive home their their villain status. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and that brings us to Angelico versus Jody Fleisch. Uh, actually, really good match. I wasn't quite sure exactly how this was going to go down, but Angelico and Jody Fletcher actually really, really entertaining. Yeah. And I thought they were, the, it felt like the first sort of five or six minutes was just trolling. They, <laughs> they, it was all map-based stuff. And I thought they were trying to, I thought they were almost making a point of like, we don't just flip around the place. And then... By the end of the match, they were just flipping all about the place. <laughs> it, it was a bit. It was. I can't. And, and Helico, I love, but he can be a bit too much for me sometimes with all like the flippy stuff and that. Yeah. Like he could kind of cut out like thirty percent of it and be better. Some of the flippy shit just seems there's no need for it. But I thought they. Had, I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good match. This is, I think, the second or third time I've ever seen Jody Fleisch. Uh, but uh, it was really good. And I thought, again, commentary did a really good job of really pointing out that Jody Fleisch, along with Doug Williams, was you know part of that like group of like three or four or five wrestlers that kind of kept British wrestling going when there wasn't a lot there. Yeah. And... Uh, still really, really go as well. Flash oh. camera, it really hasn't lost a beat still. Oh yeah, he's still like on the top of his game. And Jody Fleisch, uh, I thought what a really good thing that uh, they said was like that Jody Fleisch may have seen like Doug Williams like success and progress, and that's what brought him over. So I, I like yes. that little connect connective thread in the narrative. Yeah, yeah, um, and and Helico, like every match I've ever seen with him, he'll do something in the match that I just like. Can't, I can't even get my mind around. Never mind imagine actually being able to do it. Like the the stuff he can do with his body in the air is just ridiculous to me. He's absolutely unbelievable, and the, I thought the finish was like was perfect for the match. I. That was one thing I really wanted to get on with the finish. I thought the finish was uh, really, it made so much sense. Yeah. So, so what, what would you call that finish? What Does he have a name for that? Or I don't know if he has a name for it, and it's like more of a Lucha Libre style submission. Because so it's, it's a knee bar, basically. Yeah. But like, with all the bells and whistles attached. Right. And I know he's been really like, uh, kind of being on the forefront of, like, the Lucha Libre style of, like, submissions and, like, 
being able to flow into like all these different submissions and it's a di definitely different style than what we see in like the British style, you know, the British catch wrestling style. So yeah. I thought it was really interesting to see that he, that's how he picked up the win, you know, with Jody Fleisch. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, Jody Fleisch goes for like a 450 and Helico moves out of the way. Jody Fleisch, you know, sells the knee, you know, hits like tweaks his knee a little bit and Helico rolls him up into like a knee bar, almost like an Indian deathlock type situation and gets the tap there. And I thought, again, I thought that it was really uh, smart and interesting and a good way to kind of end the match while also telling a believable story. Yeah, yeah. I, I hopefully, hopefully we'll see more of, uh, well, both of them. Yeah. Uh, really. Uh, I'm always happy to see an Alec and to see more of Fly should be great. Yeah. And uh, again, I think Angelico hopefully comes back a lot more. Uh, he'll, you know, he might be in, you know, who knows what the Thunder Bastard holds, but, you know, so we'll see if maybe he shows up there and some other st stuff. And uh, actually, I think there's going to be someone maybe uh, we're going to talk about in a minute before we get there. But uh, before we get there, where I want to talk about, that brings us to Aussie Open and Do Not Resuscitate. The second, the other half of Do Not Resuscitate uh, for what was basically billed a uh, number one contenders match for the tag team championship. And uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, this was uh, the present William Ever and uh, Chuck Mambo, who's sporting a new, new look a little bit uh, and a, a little more of an edge to him. This yeah. is this is a really good match. Yeah, Mambo, look, he's he does have a little bit of a I'll do what I want, Mom, look about him. <laughs> you know, like he he looks a bit like just because I'm so used to seeing him be like the bouncy, like he's basically a, a, a golden retriever who's like owner just came home usually, like big smiles and bouncing around, happy as Larry, and then. Yeah, he just seems like he's. I, I think he's going to go fully emo pretty soon. I think so. Like, yeah, black hair over one eye. Um, <laughs> no, he's going to be all dressed in black. Tons of safety pins. Like, I think he's going to go full emo. Um, or he's just going to get some like uh, some Nike trainers and become like a full-on follower of either one or the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good. Like, it wasn't anything mind blowing, but yeah, it was just a really. Really good match. Um, I would have liked DNR to to win it, but I, I see where they're going. So yeah, I, I don't mind. Um, I think they're going to go the route with DNR of at some point that like, these two aren't pulling their weight kind of thing, and you need to prove yourselves a bit more. Right. That's what it feels like they're building towards. Um, but yeah, Aussie, Aussie Open uh, number one contenders now, right? Because of that. Yep. So, yeah, I think that'll be... I don't think they take the titles back. I think that's them getting there one more chance and then they're off kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, but we'll see how it goes, yeah. I thought it was a really good match. I, I enjoyed the the edge that President William Ever is bringing now. Uh, there's yeah. a definite, like switch he hit or he flipped he, 
And it's, of the four, he's the one I'm most interested in, like seeing, like show to show, because he he almost the others are uh, kind of they found their 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 point of anger and they're they're using they're all they're all at the same level, whereas he seems to be almost spiraling. Uh, like he, every every show, he's like getting darker and getting more out of control almost. So yeah, I'm, he's the one out of the four that I'm most excited to see like where it goes. Yeah, definitely. I it I think he's got the most potential as a character to kind of do something really interesting. Yeah, I still think he's going to go full cult leader. I think that's where it heads. It just feels everything he's doing is fitting that way. And I, I did check those, one of those quotes that, you know, I said I thought it was a Jim Jones quote. It's yeah. definitely a Jim Jones quote I checked. Oh, that's brilliant. So that, that is like a, a definite nod to that as well. So, yeah, that's where I think he's going. That's such a brilliant, brilliant change. He's, I think he's really underrated as a wrestler and as a character. Yeah. So it's going to be, I really, really hope, you know, this is a year where he kind of like breaks out. Yeah. I think of the four, he's the one most likely to really get something, like really make something big of, well, maybe Trevay as well, but they're they're the two for me out of that team that could really use this to boost themselves to the next level. I think so. I think so. Speaking of uh, a wrestler with a huge breakout year in front of him, Chris Ridgway, he took on Shihiro Irie. Uh, and this was, ooh, ooh boy. This, is, this was a hitting, hard-hitting match. I loved this match. This was a great match. Absolutely loved that. Was, this is probably my favorite. Well, if the main hadn't finished the way it did, that would probably be my favorite. But this is probably my favorite match on the card. They like, I know I use the term a lot, they kick lumps out of each other, but they were really kicking lumps out of each other. Oh, there was Pro- a, some proper beef slamming. Oh, there was a lariat that Irie threw that shook me. And I was like, kind of like just laying in bed watching it, like trying to get over this cold. And whoo, God, he, he laid into it. And I, this is the this is the match I think Ridgeway really excels in, where he's really good when you force him to take hits and also give hits. Yeah, because he was certainly working from working from underneath, wasn't he? he yeah, he was. Ari had the most. He was basically just trying to counter everything that that Ari was throwing at him, and Ari again, like. This is what his third progress match now, something like that, yeah. And uh, like considering he was somebody that I was pretty much, other than seeing him a, a few little bits here and there, pretty much completely unaware of. He's been one of my standouts for the past couple of months. He's been mm. absolutely brilliant. I, I, already now, I see him on a card. Like he's on the Kamikaze Pro card that I'm going to next Saturday. Oh, nice! And over the Millie McKenzie, he's probably like the biggest draw on that card for me. Even though there's a lot of my favourites, he's he's the guy I'd really want to see at the minute. Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying his work. Yeah, I, I, I think he's doing really good stuff, and uh, I'm really happy to see that. Like, he kind of just came to England and just to get a little more seasoning, and because he's not like a young boy, he's not like 
it's not like a great Okarn situation where, you know, like he's explicitly got sent for an excursion. Like he's pretty made in DDT and, you know, some other promotions over there. But he's, yeah, just, you know, he, kind of was looking to get out and get to change it up a little bit. Well, he, he's had like a, a whole MMA career. Yeah. He, he he didn't just have like a couple of fights. He's like he's like had a, a proper career in in MMA um, before becoming a wrestler. So he, he's already got some years of that under his belt. And like, but he's he's a bit like Riddle, I think, where he's just just pure natural talent for it. Yeah. Um, and I think because he is a bigger guy, I, th- I think he might not be noticed quite as much because he doesn't look that athletic, but some of the stuff he does is really impressive. Oh, yeah. For the size of him. Um, the spot that really caught my attention at a match was when uh, Ridgeway was basically trying to chop him down with the, the kicks to the back of Irie's thigh. Yeah. And that, that to me, like one of them, and I'll... I'd be on the floor crying for like three days <laughs> uh, with like the deadest leg that ever happened. So I don't even know how you take one of those kicks. And he was taking like several in a row. And they, I know he's got kick pads and that, but though they look, that just looked devastating to me. And yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I love the match. I love the finish. Um, like I said, that was probably my, my favorite match on the card, I think. Really, really loved every bit of it. Yeah, I th- I'd same here. I thought, uh, for me, that was one. That was the one I was probably most looking forward to the most. Um, yeah. And that was one I kind of had penciled in as like, you know, show stealer, and it definitely did. And uh, was also great as Ridgeway. That's now three on the bounce for him. Yes. And uh, after the match, he he took the mic and we don't hear a lot of him talking but he definitely you know one sentence and he wants he yep. wants walter and uh yeah and i couldn't be more behind that uh you and the yeah, entire I'm crowd I thought, that much. you and the entire crowd and i thought that was something that was really cool was that uh the whole crowd when he called out walter they they supported that yeah so I, uh, you, predict, you did predict it. You said like this is his breakout, and he's really like we're only in January, and he's already big time breaking out. Well, he, he's going to be one of the main guys over there, I think, for the next uh, year or so going forward. Yeah. So I think. Uh, so we'll see. He did call out Walter, so it seems like that might be it. He might show. I I think. Usually, usually with progress, if they call somebody out, they get them. Usually, yeah. They only write into like the they only write in on calling somebody out if they're going to act on it. Right. I don't think I've ever seen them like call someone out and then get swerved into another match first or anything. Usually, if they're at that point, they they're going to be that'll be the the main on the next uh, the next card. I think. So yeah, I think so. Uh, well, I, hopefully, I, somehow they figure out how to get that to be the main for Birmingham because I'd be more than happy with that. Oh, that'd be nice. That would be nice. So, uh, but yeah, so that's that's up for Ridgeway. I think that's going to be a really good, really, really fun match, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, and that could be what really properly breaks them out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. Speaking, now 
kind of bring it down a little bit. That brings us to the main, the main event. Champion Swords of Essex, they take on CCK. And we touched on this last week. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Lycos out with another shoulder injury, looks like. But up until that spot, it was a good match. It was a great match. Yeah, really, really was. If, like I say, if it wasn't for how it ended, that would probably have been my, my favorite match on the card. Um, I, I just love how much of a just disgusting, horrible little bastard Paul Robinson is. Oh, he's the worst. I can't, I can't get enough of his antics. Like he's just, I love to hate him. I can't, I can't think of anyone ever in wrestling that I've loved to hate more than I love to hate Paul Robinson. He really is just properly the worst. He's despicable. That's the word for him. He's a despicable little man. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh. To the point that that heel Osprey was a, literally apologising for him. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. There was a point where he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm trying to control him, but he's just wild." <laughs> I love the <clears throat> heel Osprey just walks around super serious while uh, and calm, like while Robinson is just attacking everyone, fans, yeah. officials. Like I, I, I like that dichotomy of it where it's. Um, yeah, it's it's almost the two extremes of heel work, isn't it? Like working together. That that's the two the the you've got like the the cocky on better than everyone heel, and then you've got the wild, mouthy, aggressive, super aggressive heel. Right. Yeah. So uh, but it was nice to see CCK like back together, but obviously it was like gutting the way it finished. Yeah, um, and it's it's weird that you know, like last week you'd see a lot of people like, oh, it's, you know, his style is to this, it's to that. But what he got injured on was something that literally, literally every wrestler takes, and that's the uh, clothesline to the outside. Yeah, there, there was it was nothing to do with his, his style of wrestling or trying something he shouldn't have been or anything like that. It, that was just, it was just a, just a freak accident. There was, there was no way... To, other than just not resting at all, like there's no way to prevent that. It's just one of those things that that happened. It, it wasn't anything. I don't think it was anyone's fault because immediately I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter and that about um, again with Osprey being controversial, questioning whether Os- Osprey is dangerous because so and so people have been injured by him or with, in matches with him over the, the past year. But I don't think anyone was at fault. I think it was just just one of those freakish things that, that sometimes happens. Yeah. And I was like looking for it when, when the spot happened and I just couldn't quite see, you know, like, you know, sometimes where you get like, Oh, he got hung up in the ropes or whatever. It looked fairly simple or and looked fairly. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Exactly the same. Like he didn't get hung up. He didn't get snagged on anything. Um, there wasn't any impact on, on where the injury is or anything. It was just, just bad luck. Yeah, it really is. It's one of those things where you just probably turned, yeah. diff- you know, maybe land on it wrong or just not quite sure. But it's, you know, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, it, it, it's a bummer, you know, but yeah. it's, you know, definitely not exactly the safest, you know, line of work. Uh, yeah. But. I did, uh, I did go and buy one of his, 
he, he put some shirts up um, for pre-order, which I have been and I've been and bought one. Or uh, been an ordered one on no. his. Uh, he's got him up on his Twitter. So if anyone does want to support him, like he's he's been chucking some extra stuff up on his uh, his big cartel page. Um, and he, 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 he yeah, he has. The, I always like the CCK designs and the Lycost designs anyway. But it was nice to have an excuse to chuck him a few quid, and uh, hopefully he can get back in the ring sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I did really like um, how Robbo and Osprey immediately started picking on him for his injury. Yeah, that was. They just went straight That's into best, that. It's always the best thing to do with. I think if someone gets hurt, regardless of if it's your fault or not, the best thing a heel can do when the babyface gets legit injured is is use it. Otherwise, you're getting nothing out of it. Yeah, it's just an injury, and that's it, it. At least you can get some heat from it, which I thought was that. Is, that is like sort of wrestling, wrestling 101, but it's something that a lot of people don't do. So yeah, I was I quite I quite like that they did that. And Robbo really spent no he wasted no time. Yeah. He went he got <laughs> on the bike and just jumped right at it. So we got so it looks like that's gonna set up Swords of Essex versus Aussie Open. Uh yep. coming big up at, what was that? A big rematch that is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a big rematch and it's gonna be really interesting to see exactly what uh how that shakes out. And I really hope that uh, it works. I don't know. It's weird. I, and I thought... Uh, uh, you just don't want to say that you want Swords of Essex to win, but you do really because that's how you want the story to go. But right. And I thought it was it's interesting... It's hard to say that you want the titles on them. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was interesting that, that Osprey was saying, like, a lot of you guys think this is, you know, a temporary thing. He's like, no, this is... We're here for the long haul. And, yeah. Uh I do enjoy the Swords of Essex as a tag team. Uh, my issues with Osprey aside, uh, <laughs> you know, as a person aside, but I think yeah. they're really, really fun and, and interesting. And you know, like I think, I think right now, like progress works best when they have heel champions, and yeah. they're the only heel champion right now. And I think that is kind of how I think it should be for a while. Yeah. I, I think that I, I view like all of wrestling like that. I think it, all my favorite moments in wrestling, are the babyface chasing the heel champion. Like I, I always think that makes for the most, the most exciting stories. Yeah. It's when the, when the baby faces is chasing the, the, the cocky heel champion. Um, I still think Walter's turning slowly. Um, I don't know if we'll see the next few shows, but I think Walter's turning heel as well, which having your main title on a heel is always great, especially with Ridgeway coming after I was going to say, well, yeah, with the Ridgeway coming up, I think that's really... I think that, and, I think and that the heel of Eddie Dennis up. over his shoulder. Yeah. You've always got to remember that Eddie Dennis has still got that title shot in his back pocket. Oh, that's, that's, that is true. That is true. I, that's something I, always for, I, I completely forgot about. So before we take off, uh, we are recording on Sunday the 27th, Royal Rumble Day. Uh, so given that it is a time where a lot of surprises can happen, given and given the success of NXT UK, do you have any predictions for any Brits showing up in the Royal Rumble? And who yeah, would it be? I reckon... I think Trent Seven at number seven. 
just because I think that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually think I think Pete Dunne we're going to have um, if if we get anyone there uh, from NXT UK, which I think the way they've been pushing NXT UK lately, and with the, how much people are taking notice of it at the minute, I think it'd be almost ridiculous not to have somebody there um, from NXT UK. So I think Pete Dunne, and I think maybe Tyler Bate as well. I was going to say Bate. Um, I think I could see get going in there. Done. I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see him giving more than two spots. Um, because it's only it's only thirty men really, so you're gonna have a couple of NXT like NXT main roster uh, NXT guys as well. Yeah. Uh, you're always gonna have a couple of sort of legends in there as well, so that's you're you're almost losing ten spots just there. So um, yeah, I don't I don't think any more than one or two. So I think yeah, probably Pete. The most two likely to me are Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I think so. I don't see a lot of anyone else. I think they. I think those are your three probably most visible stars out of the NXT UK. Yeah. And I think that. I mean, what a way to to introduce like Walter to the WWE universe would bring him in and have him clean house or something. But so I don't but, right. do that with. The only problem with that is like, you see this huge Austrian come out to Dvorak. There's no way anyone yeah. like. That gets a huge pop. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't, I just don't see it happening, uh, unfortunately. But uh, well, Bate and Dunn are the first two like proper full time NXT UK guys, so right. that, they just make the most sense to me. And th- I think they're the most, they're the ones that like the NXT universe or the WWE like fan whole, you know, fandom as a whole like knows the most. Yeah. So if you're looking for reactions, I think that would be it. Um, and Royal Rumble typically gets a a few fly-ins from you know the kingdoms, yeah. not as much as Mania, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big draw. There, I know, I know a couple of people who've gone over actually uh, this year. They they literally flew over yesterday and they come back tomorrow morning. Oh wow! It's like a sort of whirlwind trip, and it's a long flight over there as well. It's not like it's um, it's not East Coast, is it? It's like right over the other side and. Yeah, it's, it's Phoenix. It's so a long it's, old way to go. It's like flying wise, it's fairly near to me. I think it's like an hour and a half flight from maybe two hours from where I'm at. Uh, yeah. And I know when I flew out of Oakland and we went to London, it was like a 10 hour flight, nine hour flight, something like that. So he's like a, probably about a seven hour flight, eight hour flight yeah. uh, from London to Phoenix. Uh, so that's. So that's a thing. <laughs> so I can't imagine like just going there and then turning around, getting on another one. But I, mean, I did it to Amsterdam once, and that was that was bad enough. I couldn't imagine going there for that long. Amsterdam's like two hours away. I was gonna say, was that like a two-hour flight? Yeah, I literally I flew on the we flew on the Wednesday, saw Metallica on the Thursday, and flew back after the like two in the morning after the Metallica show. Oh, <laughs> how how? Oh, there's no. Oh, I was like. Well, you could drive it, but because I'm an idiot as far as European <laughs> geography Take goes, a lot longer to fly like, in. Yeah. Oh, but then you'd have to do the channel and or the channel yeah. and that whole thing. So anyway, I think uh, that it just about does it to wrap us up to, uh, for this week. Uh, you know, stay tuned for next week as we can continue looking over everything that's going to be happening in the world of uh, UK wrestling. So uh, with that said, man, I hope you have a great week. 
yeah you too man have a good one thanks man uh and everyone out there hey uh you know be cool to each other and uh you know times are tough but we'll stick through it courage all right guys later Thank you.